Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Today, I'm talking to my dear husband, Nate. After our interview, he shared that he was surprised his story sounded so sad, given he lives a joyful life. Listen to the end as he speaks with what many describe as an intriguing accent to hear what he shares humanity needs most. It's going to be a good one. So thank you for joining me today. Natanel Telkovsky, also known as Nate, aka Dear Husband. (laughs) And we're going to be focusing on telling stories, telling your life in stories. Okay. With a touch of Chinese face reading. All right. Interesting. Cool. I'm so glad that you were dragged into this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm open for the new experience. I'll, I'll take it. I want to learn as much as I can about the Chinese face reading anyway. So Okay. So, so with Chinese face reading, just to give a little bit of context here, basically <clears throat> Chinese face reading is one of the oldest ways that we're, um, the Chinese used to diagnose ailments. And it was also discovered to be a personal development tool and oftentimes used for fortune telling. And how that came to be was the Chinese saw the face as a map. It was a road map basically that gave insight about who you came to be, your natural tendencies, and how you are living. And they base this on what are known as the five elements in Chinese medicine, which are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And each of these elements have a specific energetic that plays out in nature that we often mimic in our tendencies, our behaviors, as well as the way our features show up on our face. So... When I look at a person's face, I often see a mix of these elements because we all have these elements in us. It's just a specific blend or spectrum, if you will. And I know on the way here, we talked about certain tendencies of all of these elements. And I walked you through a little mini quiz. And what came to pass was your predominant elements in your personality are wood and metal. So we'll talk more about that, what that means. Because people can't see your face, and of course I'll attach a photo to the the link of this podcast, but just give us a sense of, if you were to describe yourself, your features on your face, I'm pulling up, just the technology here, camera, which I can't find on your phone, but find your camera and let's look at your, oh yeah. So take a look at your face and just give us some 
give us an idea of what you're what you see when you look at your reflection so what i see i see a large forehead i'll start from the top to bottom okay see a large forehead uh, i see semi-straight eyebrows not connected much uh, rounded face i see that the lips are the upper is smaller than the bottom or maybe it's the lighting but uh let's see i got a pretty big nose not much big of a sticky bone but i got pretty this is a normal size but big i guess in my opinion uh my ears are not as flat but they're pretty flat close to my head uh, i got a crack in my chin <laughs> butt chin <laughs> uh let's see i got the lines that come out from my nose toward the mouth they're about a little distance distant from the actual lips you know the lines that you smile okay uh almond eye side style i guess and color ish okay and yeah okay awesome all right so and then obviously we hear that you have an accent so just for everyone to hear what's your where are you from well so i'm am from israel jerusalem israel uh, born and raised grew up uh, you know uh, speaking hebrew so that's where the minor accent leftovers uh, are I've come from a family that are, is very mixed. Mom is Moroccan French, dad is Polish Russian. Okay. So very mixed. Okay. And so when I start a reading, I often tell people that a feature can represent one of three things. It can represent a time of life, it can represent an emotional aspect of your life, and it can represent a physical. Okay. And so typically I like to start with the ears because the ears are when, when you look at the face map, they're the beginning of life. And for a male, it's going to start on the left side. So I took a peek at your ear and the very first thing I noticed when I saw your ear, there's a little tiny notch and it's about age three, four. So anything specific at that time of life? Yeah, when I was four years old, I found my brother drowned uh, in the pool, and I was the one who found him. So that's the first trauma in my life, supposedly. Uh, finding the brother, the, my young brother drowned under the water. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. How was how was that for you as a as a child? Uh. A, don't remember how that affected me. The only thing that I remember is that uh, I peed in bed until I was like in fifth grade, peed at night in bed, and I was an extremely sensitive kid. You would tell me stupid or idiot or anything like that, I would start crying, bawling, crying right away. That's how it affected me personally. Okay. And how did it affect you in your family? Like your position in your family? Well, I was the youngest one, suddenly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, you know, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole thing just kind of ruined the family. Uh, 
as I remember, very happy, healthy family, and that kind of completely crushed the family, or took the family apart. It changed the yeah, way it changed were. everything. Yes. And <clears throat> what was your experience of that in terms of the change? What did you notice? Uh, a disconnect between the parents and. My sister, my older sisters had the social disconnection, you know, things like that. That's that's basically, you know, it's no more holidays like they used to be and, you know, things, no more uh, trip and visiting and, you know, going on a Saturday for whatever, just go for a hike. Those things was kind of canceled and disappeared. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a kid, that's what basically you lose. You lose that family time. Mm -hmm. So... You said that that was the first trauma that you experienced in life. So how do you feel that that's affected you even into your adulthood? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It changed, changed me as an individual. Uh, I think that as a kid, it uh, hurt my uh, self-esteem, I would say, as a kid. That's why I was such a sensitive kid, you know, crying and whatnot from everything. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely roughed me up in a rougher way, I think so. Mm -hmm. It's, for my opinion, mm -hmm. I think, in a rougher way. But, uh, yeah, other than that. Yeah. And you had mentioned when you were describing your features um, that your ears are, pull are closer to your face or cl closer to your head. Correct. Um, they're kind of flattened to your head. Mm -hmm. So that is a sign of, of being very sensitive and attuned to information outside, whether it's sounds, whether it's um, even even just the way other people feel, experiences. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an empath, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, so that makes sense that, you know, you reacted in that way to be even more sensitive. Yeah. It's, it, it could be... You know, these features and the energetic of them can be a strength as well as a challenge. And Very, yeah. yeah. It is. You're absolutely right. It is a strength and it is a challenge. It's a strength because, uh, once again, you got a sense, a certain sensitivity to something that others are not. So you're one in a group who is sensitive to a certain thing, uh, which it's, it's like you're holding an ace in a certain way. Depends how you look at it. And it's not because it's also, you know, it can pull you down in a way. But uh, I think that growing up in Israel kind of roughed me up from that. So it doesn't pull me anyway. But I am aware, yes, I'm more sensitive than others. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I see your profile. Okay, so I see also there's a couple of lines that are really close to your ear. Um, and those... Lines like wrinkles? Wrinkles right okay. in front of your tragus is what it's called. You see on the other side too. So they're not crazy pronounced but those are what are called um lie detectors or, okay. or bullshit detectors yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty good at that, detecting that quickly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm pretty good at that yeah i had uh, plenty of training for that okay can, that can you say more about that uh yeah so when basically uh everything that happened with my brother uh, my dad owned a very successful company and, you know, everything shifted for him, uh, like from north to south, very quickly, very quickly. 
So he, the trauma that he got also from it, at least what I saw, he became very weak and that weakness became, uh, his defend mechanism was lying. So he was not trustworthy anymore. He always lied about everything. He would make promises that he can never keep. And even things that he could keep, he wouldn't keep. Mm. Not sure what was that all about, but still he would, you know, suddenly owed money for many people and things like that, you know, business, business going under. And that. once again, from being a very, very successful individual to complete crash, that happened very fast. And that's how it affected him. So he was the number one bullshitter that I knew in my life. And that's, I guess, what caused for me to have this bullshit detection. Do you find that that helps you in areas of your life today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If somebody tried to BS or something like that, I usually I say, don't try to blend the mixer. <laughs> looking, at, looking at me, you know, as the mixer. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of hard to BS me because I, I catch up for it very quick. Mm -hmm. I'm very in tune to the things that to the surrounding. I'm always pay attention to everybody that's in the group. And if somebody tells a story that is way over the cloud, <laughs> I usually ask for some kind of a proof if you want to authenticate. If it's not authenticated, then yeah, it's a BS for me. I mean, this is what it is. <laughs> it's just reality of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was noticing too on your other ear, around age 10, 11, 12, you've got three bumps. And bumpy texture can also signify that there was some major events in your life that happened around that time. So at age, I believe it was, I can't remember really, but I think maybe it was age 10 or maybe nine is that that's when I moved from Jerusalem to a different city on the south side of Israel, because that's where my mom was mentally ill. So that's where the mentally ill hospital was. And they owned the apartment in the ghetto. And so we moved from a really good neighborhood to the ghetto, but in a different city. And uh, that's obviously that was a big, big transition for a kid, you know, to lose all his friends that he accumulated and whatnot, and then move to a completely different city. Uh, yes, it's better to do it younger, but, you know, when you start to build a social relationship and whatnot as a kid and then suddenly move, that's a big, big change. And at the age of 11, I think uh, I had my second big trauma that uh, my mom tried to commit suicide in the middle of the night and I had to carry her on my shoulder into, wow. into a taxi cab. So I can take her as a kid to take her to the mental hospital around like, I don't know, one, two o'clock in the morning or so. It was like that. And uh, yeah, I think that that was, yeah, that was when I 11, when I was 11. But that was the year that I started smoking cigarettes too. <laughs> that was my rebellion for the situation. Wow. I, you never told me that story about your mom. So I, I had, never did. No. I thought I did. No. Ah, surprisingly. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. No, you told me about her mental illness, but I didn't know about the details of you finding her and her trying to attempt. Yeah, drinking ammonia. Yeah, she tried to drink ammonia. Wow. But, uh, yeah, uh, it is what it is, you know, a mentally ill person that, uh, and I honestly, I don't blame her. I'm blaming more of the medical society because 
they were obviously they're still today they have no idea in my opinion how the brain works okay we got more connection in our body than the stars in the universe and a lot of people claim to know what that they know how it works or how they can help and fix but it's no they don't so she was at the 90s that was not 80s 90s that was the biggest time of uh, from what i know today on history uh, of uh, medical experimental people and specifically mentally ill people you know they sign you up on a paper to give you medication they tell you that will help you that's a new medication but really it's an experiment so in growing up in uh, our refrigerator a food refrigerator the bottom drawer in the right was a drawer you know where we put vegetables just like in our house though we have a split unit but still uh, the bottom drawer on the right was a drawer that full of medicine, full, full of medicine, which, which I grew up, when I got to the age of 17, 18, I realized that some of us, the, this medicine was uh, some type of ecstasy, really, in a type. Uh, so you can only imagine what a person go through his mind. Uh, when I was 11, what my mom went through his mind, I mean, I've seen my mom talk to herself and everything else, uh, yet alone can can support herself eating healthy because she couldn't cook, cook anymore or anything like that. I mean, she tried to cook, but every time she tried to cook, she'll zone out and burn the food or whatever. Yeah, uh, so that's, yeah, that would be my second uh, trauma with her. And what was your relationship like with your mom? Uh, well, I was, I had to be the strongest one. So I was the funny kid. I was made her laugh. She would talk to the air or whatever, and I would ask her, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, it's it's my head telling me this and this and this. And I would tell her, no, 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 no. It's not your head. It's okay. It's just a medication that you're taking, whatever, you know, just let that go. And it's it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. And I would make a joke, stupid joke out of something, just like I did today. You know, I'm joking about pretty much everything. Not a lot of people can, not a lot of things can make me sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you have a special talent where there are times that even when I'm wanting to strangle you, <laughs> you make me laugh. And so um, it really diffuses. So, yes, it is a special talent. It is also a, something I see in your face. Okay. Which is your what you refer to as your butt chin. <laughs> my budget yeah um, uh, the need for attention i guess so that, that's what it is that is a need for attention i know you know that from um, yeah, from you and um yeah so it is it is also the performer's chin so the person that likes to get attention for the performance which correct. can come in the form of a laugh correct so yeah i was definitely the clown uh, try to keep everything on a light spirit uh yeah, because once again, you know, when family break apart pieces, it's kind of hard to, uh, you, you can make two choices. One, be happy and just enjoy life for what you have in existence. Or two, you can just really get into depression and go to the negative route. Mm-hmm. Or there is another option that you could just completely ignore it and act like it's not existing, but, you know, it's kind of tricky mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen i've seen all three ways mm-hmm. really my older sister she became bulimic for many years and my my other older sister she's the middle one uh, she uh, was very target focused so she ignored everything she was target focused she 
every target she had, she just went 100% out to it. And, you know, that's what she did. Mm-hmm. So she's very uh, strong, but yet judgmental, you know, type thing, because she has her way and that's it. It's like a horse cover on their eyes. Mm. You know, they see one direction. The blinders. The, the blinders. They see one direction. Yeah. <clears throat> when people experience traumas, it's it's challenging to sit in the pain when oh, yeah. really that's what needs to be done in order to heal, to process, to experience the emotions. What I often refer to as energy and motion, you need to move it through, not deflect or suppress or ignore. Correct. So, yes. um, but it sounded like you found, it, you found your special touch in terms of how you were dealing with it. Yeah, I, I found my way. Uh, in a way, I took example of my grandpa that he was a Holocaust survivor, you know. He knew how to laugh about life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an inspiration in a way, you know. You, you see a person who went through a lot of crap that you know that he went through that. I mean, he did got shot from zero range and his kneecap. I mean, it's not a made-up story, you know. Mm-hmm. So Wow. Uh, that If a person like that can live life and drink vodka and just enjoy life like it's no tomorrow i mean who am i to say i cannot surpass that you know right i was i was talking with a a patient today who was on my table and she asked me how i was doing through the pandemic with my business and i had shared with her you know i know a lot of people are suffering a lot of people are anxious worried afraid i found the ability to reflect slow down which was really juicy it was really you saw you've seen me oh yeah like, oh yeah it's get amazing that, get that opportunity to really look at life and what matters most and um and to really be in the moment be present and she shared the word resilient and she talked about how that was so much of a value for her because she saw that when people were resilient they had just like a certain glow so um, it sounds like, you know, you're talking about the same thing with this tragedy and how it's <clears throat> important to be resilient, to be able to continue with life. Um, so, yeah. So I, I thank you for sharing that. Because oh, yeah, I know yeah. it, it takes a lot to be vulnerable. And no, not, not for me, really. Well, <laughs> I'm a sissy. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> You're very strong and also sensitive, and it's a beautiful, beautiful mix. So, Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so one of the things that when I when I look at your face, not only do I notice your chin, but I also notice your brows. And your brows, in Chinese face reading, the brows are they represent the wood element. Okay. And the wood element is all about drive, about making things happen about getting things done and when we talk about wood in terms of season it's spring when things are building momentum under the soil it's basically a sprout being so driven to grow that it can bust through concrete it's that type of energy like no matter what focus get it done kind of like you described your sister who was very targeted she's just you know looking at the goal and she's going to achieve and that nothing's getting in her way or stopping her you know kind of uh energy so you have that in your brows in your brows it's it's the energy that says i'm going to get things done i'm taking care of business and we talked you know in the beginning about how i noticed 
during the quiz, I had you fill out your personality is even very wood oriented, which is get things done. How does that show up in your life? And does it show up in your life? I don't well, want to make it, an assumption. Yeah, it definitely shows up in my life, but it shows up uh, more to say in the business it shows up and in the things that in my mind that I can't really name him exactly right now, but in things that are in my mind are the most important to support our home, our health, things like that. So that will be, for me, will be that like, yeah, must be done. Let me put it a, another way, action oriented, like okay. taking action. Yeah. Yeah. So something, if there is a, there is a goal and there is a target and that's something that I'm driven into it, yeah, I'll get it done regardless to whatever the scenario and whatever is the obstacle that I need to face through, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I want to say get it done. I mean, there is there is a lot to it. Like, uh, it took me eight months to learn English and because I had to. And I had a target that I will learn English. When I came to the U.S., I barely knew yes and no. Why, why was that so important to you? Uh, it was uh, very important for me to mix and blend in and understand what people are talking to me. I know that uh, in today, you know, with now that I have some Spanish employees and stuff like that, I noticed that they don't want to learn English. They're just comfortable and living in their own community, even though they are neighbors, you know, but they live in their own community, so they speak Spanish all the time. They don't want to learn English. For me, it was more important to uh, really understand what people around me say, if it's about me or what they're talking about, politics, whatever. And for me to communicate with them, once again, like we said earlier, I'm a, I'm a clown. I'm, you know, I enjoy to laugh with people. I enjoy people. I love people. So in order for me to communicate with people, I need a tool. Mm-hmm. So just like a contractor addicted to tools, I have all the tools. This is a tool that I need. So I had a very uh, driven goal to learn it. And it took me eight months. Yeah and broke my teeth and eventually I understood English and uh, yeah, speak from there, you know? And yeah. It's just got better and better, obviously. I have to say, I just have to give a shout out to people that are <clears throat> multilingual or bilingual because oftentimes, and I've seen this even with my mom, whenever someone feels like English isn't their first language, they have a heavy accent, they can often be judged. And really, it's the people that can speak multiple languages that have a greater advantage than people like myself that only speak one language. I mean, I was able to say Ventana to the cleaning lady today. Yeah. You know, window. Um, <laughs> but but I'm I'm literally like, oh my gosh, you know, to be able to speak a different language, that's what connects you to your culture. Correct. That's what um, also really allows you to be a bridge between worlds. So correct, correct. Which I which I I would I would put a note on that. I would advise to people to be multi-language because it is healthy. And if anybody feel judged about his accent, don't, really don't. No, don't. I never feel judged about my accent. If somebody tried to judge me, make a laughter out of me, the opposite. Everybody else over here in the room want to talk to me because I have an accent. Yeah, I have plenty of women who are like, oh my gosh, his accent. Um, so, um, Don't tell me that. You blow up my ego. <laughs> I, I want to I touch on a couple of more features. Um, yeah. So there's you mentioned a roundness in your face, and I definitely see this. I see a roundness in the tip of your nose and a roundness around your cheeks. 
Um, and even when I was going through my Chinese face reading certification, my training, when you had volunteered to be a, a model, I remember my mentor talking about this roundedness that's around your cheeks, almost like a donut, especially when you smile. Correct. I don't know if you remember I, I that do, moment. Yeah. So, and she had shared that that is what is called false earth, which I thought was very interesting. I do see the roundness with you not smiling. The round round features in earth are about, earth is, is comfort. Earth is family, community, making others feel, feel comfortable. It's connection and relationships. It's feeding people. It's cooking it's uh it's matters of the home and it's the mother archetype so really just taking care of people nurturing people and um so i know personally of your tendencies to be very earthy and so when she mentioned the false earth and she was talking about what that meant that described Uh, Her description of that was basically um, feeling as if you you want to be nurturing to someone, and sometimes you do that at a cost of your own comfort. And I know that was five years ago. I don't really see that as much in your face. I still see some of that tendency with with when you smile Mm -hmm. a little bit of that fleshiness that comes into a donut shape around your nose but so i'm just curious like do you feel like ever since you heard that has that shifted you or do you feel like you still find some tendencies where you're falling into that pattern yeah i i I still find the little tendencies here and there uh not anymore and i don't know if that shifted me i think it's just you know time and uh responsibility make me grow up and and shift and understand what are the things that I need to consider first before I want to nurture and take care of somebody. I do love to help and nurture and support. You know, it never hurts nobody. Uh, But when it's come to be a cost uh, to my time, it's not something that, uh, it's something that I usually try to take in the best accommodation for what is the the most important surrounding to me, which would be my family and my time, how can I still be respectful of that without, uh, how should I say it? How should I say it? Trying to say it correctly. I do like to support, love, nourish, but if it cost me in my own, uh, my own time and energy that took me so long to build a relationship with you, with my daughter, our daughter. Uh, that's when I'm going to really take a look into it and say, hey, uh, I cannot. I'll have to step back. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely have to step back than trying to support and love and help to somebody that yeah. even if it's needed or if it's just demanding it, you know what I mean? So and let me just mention this. Every element has a healthy expression and a blockage or a challenge. And with earth, uh, often tendencies could be overgiving. Mm-hmm. And Definitely, yes. So I'm just curious if what you're saying, you've 
come to a space where you can manage that better? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't give any more uh, physical uh, thing or I don't give any more of my energy. When, when I say my energy, I'm talking about money. You know, I don't support anybody financially like that or anything like that anymore because there is more important things that I can use that energy to, which will be my family. Um, if I'll support somebody in today's days will be more emotionally or if I can, I don't know, help him to fix something real quick that doesn't take me too much time and, you know, I got the knowledge and I can knock it out real quick, then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll help. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, it's really tricky to try to keep the balance between, between being a, a giver, but... Uh, you know, you have, you always have to remember that if you overgive, you actually take the opportunity from a person to come up and show up. So mm-hmm. it's kind of tricky. It's hard to keep in balance. Mm-hmm. It is it is a very tricky one. Mm-hmm. Something to be conscious of, yeah. especially yeah. knowing that when it's pointed out, you can now be more aware and. and yeah, I'm definitely more aware of that. Yeah, when when I try to start to give to give or to be an overgive, I. I, something in my brain clicks and tell me, hey, what were you doing for a second? Mm-hmm. Then I have to take a step back and just see where I'm at in that situation. It, and it sounds like there's just so much there from even your childhood with the traumas and the tragedies and how that has shaped you to be this sensitive empath who is also very strong looks for the humor in situations, wants to make sure everyone is taken care of, wants to be able to um, accomplish your goals and get things done. Correct. And there's so many stories, so many so many more stories that we could explore. Oh, yeah. I'm sure um, there's plenty of them, yeah. But I, I want to ask you, in, in knowing just that small little... In, seeing that insight, um, that little crack um, in through the door of your life, what 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 would you say you've learned from this? From my traumas or from life? From from both. What I've learned, ooh, I've learned that nothing is the end of the rope. And that life is very precious but yet very fragile. So Definitely appreciate every moment that you have and just utilize it for the best the best use of what you think is best at that moment, really. You know, make sure to enjoy life and don't look at it as a sad story. I I don't wanna say I don't believe in it, but in, in the other hand I I really don't. It's like I don't believe in depression. I leave it's a I believe in the choice of being sad and and want to be alone and being dragged into it. But it's once again, depression is a real thing. It's not that I don't believe in it. I just don't believe that it's like in my head, I cannot see how a person can go into depression depression mode. I can see how a person can go to be sad. I can see how a person can be dragged or pushed into a unhappy place. Mm-hmm. But you know, the depression for me, it's a uh, something like that. It's anyway, it's kind of something that I'm not willing to accept. 
You want to stop it before it gets to that depth. I don't even experience it. I don't let myself experience it. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't let myself experience it, once again, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I choose to be more happy. I choose to be more... uh, If something really brings me down, which is rarely happen, I will talk about it. Mm -hmm. I will get it out there just so I can get into a a peaceful or golden lane with myself, you know? Instead of letting it fester Correct. and stuffing in, in, it down. Instead of stuffing it down and then thinking about it and then blame myself and then things like that that I see people do. So someone comes to you and shares a tragedy or something really awful. Well, first of, first of all, uh, people do that a lot. I don't I'm not, I have no idea why. And also random people. But uh, uh, if somebody does that, uh, first thing first... As a start, I'll always say, I'm sorry to hear that. That really sucks. It's really sad or whatever. You know, I'll be an empath and I'll also be an understanding and a supportive ear. If they'll ask for an opinion or what I think about it and whatnot, I would say, hey, at least you have to look at the bright side. Look what the person lived behind them or look what you learned from that situation. Uh, look what you gain out of it. You know, nothing is the other word. You're still here. That happened yesterday or two, 10 minutes ago. It's fine. Right. Tomorrow is still coming. Yeah. And in, 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 co- in the coaching world, we say reach for a better feeling thought, looking at the situation. However, the situation, whatever it brought, you know, look, look for the thought that can serve you. To feel better about it, the silver lining. Yeah, silver lining. Uh, yeah, so Which it, it's it's I, not always easy for people to get to. Correct, right away. and that's why that's why I don't call it that way. I'm just saying, just, just look at the bright side. That that's you'll use the most simple wording that a human being can process. When you said what you said about the coaching, the way that they say that, look for a better thought. I think it's uh, for some people who are their language not because of their bi language or anything. They just more street talk. You want you want the street the, lingo. You want the street lingo, the most simple, <laughs> don't break your head. It's not mathematic. You don't need to understand what that word signifies in three different ways. It's very straightforward. I it's speak, black and white. I, I am multilingual because I you speak are, in poetry. You, you are speaking so. poetry, yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, okay, so... so <laughs> I love that about you, though. So the la- last thing I want to ask you is... Um, so where do you what what vision do you have for your future? Because we talked about your your past and we talked right. about some of the tendencies and patterns and ways of you living out your life. Like what's your what's your vision for the your fi- future? The vision for my future uh, it's well, I mean it's really simple. I'd, I envision happy life and that's what I'm going to create. Uh, I envision to have the power to own the things that I want to own. I envision to have the ability to reach the goals that I want to reach. And I don't see the obstacles that I'm about to face. Let's say it that way. And I'm not looking for them. They'll show up, I'll deal with them. It is what it is. Can't can't avoid it. But just looking forward and I'm... I'm seeing a happy, happy life. That's what I'm seeing. Even though with the whole pandemic and the whole craziness right now, but still I see a happy life mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. Thank you. I feel like I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, I got your back. That Thank you. I feel that. Well, that concludes our mini Chinese face reading. Like I said, That's there's it. so much more that we could explore and we have a whole life time to live oh, together. Yeah. I can't believe that see, there are some things that you didn't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I never mentioned. I don't know. We never got into a deep conversation like that. No, we did. We got many times. I guess I just didn't never mention it. I don't know. Some things worth to mention, something don't. I guess right now you, we categorized what is the worst traumas or things, what happened between this and this So that's the thing that pops up. Well, and just to make note, not everything that has um, shows up in someone's face needs to be a trauma. No, of course. It's, it's just a meaningful event. It's And that also could be the meaning that we put on it, that could label it as a trauma or not, which I'm not saying it's not a trauma. It definitely yeah. was. But um, whenever you see certain lines or or features or wrinkles, they could represent some big changes that are great as well. Marriage. Yeah. Or yeah. Marriage, marriage to you is a great event. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we won't we won't keep torturing people with yeah 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 i won't i won't tell you how i snored now. <laughs> <laughs> with your love yes i'll take it though thank you thank you so much thank you thank you babe love you thank you for listening to the humanity speaks podcast with the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I want to show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky And we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Talkovsky with Humanity Speaks.